Have you ever struggled forgiving someone who is unremorseful or unrepentant? In wrestling to forgive them, do you fault yourself with being unloving or feeling guilty? The relationship is not reconciled. There is no peace between the two of you. You may try to withdraw from them to avoid further hurt or pretend nothing happened so that everything seems okay. Have you ever questioned if that was really the pattern God designed for forgiveness? This much is clear. Jesus said, If ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And just like the father of the prodigal son, seeing his son afar off, we should always have a heart willing and ready to forgive. We, from our heart, Step up to the line, offering forgiveness, desiring reconciliation. But offering forgiveness is not the same as giving forgiveness. So the question is, is forgiveness conditional? Or are we supposed to forgive immediately and unconditionally? We're called in multiple places in Scripture to forgive as God forgave. So how does God forgive you? Does he forgive you immediately and unconditionally? Well, Jesus said that if you don't forgive others, he won't forgive you. So clearly there's at least one condition. And with that condition alone, we can rule out the notion of unconditional forgiveness. But did Jesus say, if I unilaterally forgive everybody, I am unilaterally forgiven, even if I have sin in my life that needs repented of? What role does repentance play? Jesus said, Except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. And in line with this thinking in Acts 8, it's recorded that Peter said to Simon, Repent therefore of this thy wickedness, and pray God, if perhaps the thought of thine heart may be forgiven thee. The Bible consistently teaches us repentance comes before forgiveness. This is true with God, as well as our relationships with our brothers and sisters. But maybe it seems more kind-hearted to forgive, even and maybe especially when there is no repentance. It seems like Christ's response on the cross. But is it? If you believe that Jesus forgave everyone as he hung on that cross, then you must believe that all men everywhere for all time were saved without the need for repentance. That's not what Jesus did. Jesus Christ hung on the cross and pleaded that God would forgive his tormentors for God to be reconciled with them through his suffering. Jesus did not turn to everyone and say, I forgive you. He pleaded that God would. This was a display of love. Jesus was following his own teaching from the Sermon on the Mount when he said, Love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. To simply forgive everyone and anyone, immediately and unconditionally, does not have the offending soul's relationship with God in mind. Instead, 
It's your own peace of mind and your rightness in your suffering that's at the center. It actually can be really self-focused. Like Jesus, do you love them more than you love yourself? Like Jesus, did you ever rebuke them? Like Jesus, did you ever tell them their fault? Like Jesus, do you desire their healing? If not, the other person can go on feeling completely justified and you enable them to remain in their sinful state while you might continue to battle with bitterness. Also, if the offender has a wrongfully broken relationship with you, that means they have a broken relationship with the Lord. To say you just forgive them leaves them in that state and clears them of their responsibility and the blessing to repent and experience true forgiveness and reconciliation. And it's no secret that the Matthew 18 model isn't practiced in the churches that ought to be. The whole idea of going and telling him his fault between thee and him alone and holding to the I just forgive them view keeps us from going to our brother or sister and working things out. Maybe you just feel awkward having that conversation, or you're worried it might expose something else beneath the surface, or maybe your relationship is so far dissolved that you feel like it would take so much work to get to where you need to be, so instead you avoid them, and you're comforted by thinking, I just forgive them. Don't let the weakness of your flesh keep you from reconciling with your brother. We are called to be peacemakers, not peacekeepers. So let's try to understand what forgiveness actually is. Forgiveness takes two people. It is not a singular act. We can look at it a couple ways. If you forgive without repentance, that is not God's pattern for forgiveness. If you feel forgiven without repenting, that's also not God's pattern for forgiveness. Forgiveness is not a feeling. Forgiveness is about reconciliation and being freed from sin. Jesus said, Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and there rememberest that thy brother hath aught against thee, leave there thy gift before the altar, and go thy way, First be reconciled to thy brother, and then come offer thy gift. Jesus also said in Matthew 18, Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. Forgiveness can only be given on the basis of repentance. More specifically to the question at hand, Jesus taught us, Take heed to yourselves. If thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him. And if he repent, forgive him. And again Jesus says, And if he trespass against thee seven times in a day, and seven times in a day turn again to thee, saying, I repent, thou shalt forgive him. This was recorded for us in Luke 17, verses 3 and 4. The divine order for forgiveness was given to us by Jesus Christ himself and is summed up like this. First, we need to rebuke the offender, 
tell him his fault. Then the offender acknowledges his sin, repents, and asks for forgiveness. And then we forgive him. Only then is he able to experience true forgiveness and be reconciled to his brother. Why would we skip these requirements and jump straight to forgiveness? Jesus said, forgive them from your heart, not in your heart. Look at what's lost if we just say the words, I forgive you. Aside from not following the pattern Jesus left for us, we continue in broken relationships. We have a false view of the unity Jesus intended. We can continue to feel bitter or frustrated. The offender carries on in his sin. Repentance is a person's only hope for real change. Ultimately, by forgiving unconditionally, we're doing something that not even God would do. And it's wrong to think that if we don't forgive somebody, it's like we're carrying around a grudge. The truth is, there isn't peace when we're not reconciled with our brother. The Bible teaches us, If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. This scripture points out a reality, that there may not be peace with everyone at all time. Clearly, not all were at peace with Jesus either. Could we expect anything different? Maybe you feel like not forgiving is like holding a grudge against the person. But did Jesus hold a grudge against you when he withheld his forgiveness? Or instead, did he love you even when you weren't forgiven? Romans 5.8 But God commendeth his love toward us in that, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We're called to love even our enemies. We're called to a life of charity. Charity suffers long, and it's kind. It's not puffed up. Charity doesn't seek her own, is not easily provoked. It thinks no evil and does not rejoice in iniquity. Charity rejoices in truth. 1 Peter 4.8 tells us, Have fervent charity among yourselves. For charity shall cover the multitude of sins. Charity does what unconditional forgiveness says 